If any of you need anything at all, too bad. Deal with your problems yourselves like adults. My reaction is shock. There's going to be a lot of garbage today. Don't even try with that. You know, we jab a jaw, we go tit for tat. She said quadway! You failed. This is The Brian Suits Show. AM 770 KTTA. Your TikTok representative in Israel. Speaking of TikTok, we'll get to that here in a second. But uh, what about the Houthis? Celebrate the barbaric acts of Hamas and other Iranian-backed terror groups, including the Houthis. Including the Houthis. Um, we'll uh, get to that. And are you in your car right now? Are you a super user? That is a term from a study uh, in regards to uh, <clears throat> uh, drivers of... Uh, Gasoline-powered automobiles, it's a good time to buy an electric car, but is it a good time to have one? Um, just because the incentives are sexy doesn't mean that there is suddenly a infrastructure that you can charge the things up. As a survey found out in California, the most electric uh, state, uh, nearly two-thirds of the things are out. So if you're using an app to find your way across the state or down to Disney Happy World or whatever, um, Cut it by two-thirds because a whole bunch of them are not working. Some federal incentives are easier than ever to access, and the state is putting the final touches on its own rebates. I mean, they're buying this crap. And so anyway, but uh, but what about um, you super users? Washington's gasoline super users each burn an average of – I'm going to give you a gallon number, and you all get different mileage. <clears throat> um Okay, I do two 22-gallon Phillips per week, and I'm pretty two, firm two on that. Two per week? Two per week. Oh, my. Because I'm... You the, have quite a commute. The thing's a panzer. Yeah, I'm looking on Google Maps right now. <clears throat> 63 miles one way, which according to Google Maps right now would be an hour 41 from my house to here, and it's... It's the same downhill as it is uphill. It's 63 miles back. So that's uh, that's a daily average of, oh, well, I was told there'd be no math. Anyway, 128 per day. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to say 80 gallons a week for 52 weeks. That's like, are we at uh, 40,000? Wait, I mean miles? You do the math. Yeah. Well, so anyway, um one thousand nine hundred three gallons of gasoline a year makes you a super user. So <clears throat> if I'm doing forty times fifth, somebody please <laughs> ten ten would be uh, anyway. Hell, I should I should have done during the break instead of like uh, uh, calculate uh, distance to my house. Anyway, uh, one thousand nine hundred three gallons of gas a year, or about five times more than the average driver. And I mean, for most people. Um, you you do look in you know wherever you work you start looking in concentric circles like you know find a school or if that's a thing or just yourself and for most people eh, what would you say because producer Greg are you by by the way the Raven drives on um, you know and that flies are you more than twenty miles away no less than that oh, okay and was that a factor. No, <laughs> I wish I could uh, be in a place where that would be a factor up for consideration. But I do think it, uh, people have um, 
they've got bars, you know, and, you know, my drive is probably a bar to most people for like, I, I have one friend works in Bellevue, lives with me. And to him, that's like hell. And he drives up, you know, during regular people's hours, which I, 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 I could not, I could not be on the road right now. Um, and, and with, with that, with the community that I have, but, uh, so anyway, 8.8% of Washington drivers are super users. This is according to a Brookings Institution, Coltura Consulting uh, Research. 8.8% of Washington drivers, less than 10%, use one-third of all gas consumed by passenger vehicles in uh, Washington. Nationally, about 92% of the gas is burned in light-duty vehicles, medium-duty vehicles, along with lawn mowers, jet skis, generators, and lots of other small devices make up the other 8%. <clears throat> um, so that means in the country, there are 384,000 super users spending 14% of their household income on gas and drive an average of 742 miles per week. So that's, that, that's, uh, if I'm going 126 per day, then obviously I'm over that by Thursday. So I'm I'm just happy to be a super user is what I'm happy to be. I can't let the man continue with fuzzy math. So um, now you know what? Okay, if you're gonna do that, then now I'm just gonna do it. I'm I'm just gonna do it in in real time. Calculator. All right. So what I'm looking for here is uh, twenty gallons. Okay. So let's just do this. Forty a week. <laughs> forty a week. Forty gallons a week times. Four weeks. Are there other four weeks in a month? I should Most of the that. time. Sometimes there's five. Um, so well, one, 160 yeah. times 12. Okay. 160 <laughs> a month. There's 12 months. <laughs> You're mocking me. Okay, ready? Yes, I'm a super user by 17 gallons, 1,920. <clears throat> so I'm number one. Personally killing... Four to five uh, polar bears uh, per week. I'm, do you I'm feel special? I I do. And so, what kind of rebates can I get? Well, they're they're not impressive. And besides, what I'm doing per day, I don't think that there is an electric car that's safe for America. Besides a Chinese electric car, that that can get me uh, 140 miles per day without charge. Could we, as you, as you notice? Out there in our parking lot, we don't have a charger yet. I know if they want, if the government wants to buy one, you know, or whatever. Because if because I I would plug the thing in at four a.m. and I would five hours later I'd be maybe driving it to an errand or whatever. Here to that's before. the only way it would work. The only way it would work, and. So there made, made my case. Uh, How dare you? Uh, sorry, sorry, girl. But um, that, that, that's just how it works. So all the, that's the thing. All the tax breaks and all that mean nothing to me if the car doesn't work for me. And an electric car doesn't work. And they're not going to work. You have stolen my dreams. A referendum in Paris where, and that's the other thing. If you live in a city, you're getting around in this day and age by Uber, by Lyft, or, or I don't know about here, but <clears throat> maybe by public transportation, seeing some of the chaps that are uh, in the bus at 4 a.m. on the number number 11, I certainly wouldn't get on the number 11 at 4 p.m. 
Uh, so I don't know if they're how that works. If they're if they're finding fentanyl in public transportation in Seattle, I, I wouldn't ride it. Um, and stuff. And also, by the way, for I know some people are saying, okay, you talk a big game. On Friday, you said you're going to go investigate the emergency uh, condition of Portland. We took a we took a two two person vote on Saturday morning, and the the resolution was, yeah, not not in the mood. So we didn't. So we're gonna, we're we're going to let the emergency declaration in Portland sink in a little bit. But the only reason I mentioned it is because Portland does have a, a, a light rail system that makes sense. Not like sound transit. Doesn't make sense. You don't, no one flies into SeaTac to go to the UW. Really? Oh, geez, I'm late for my geophysics final. Hurry up, light rail driver. Um, in, in Portland, the light rail follows I 5 north and south and 84 east west. You can go from downtown Portland, you can do long term parking in downtown Portland, get on the light rail with all your junk and go right to the airport. It's great. And you know what's great about it? Because uh, Bob Packwood and the other uh, Oregon senator at the time, they got the federal government to pay for it. So there's that because the Puget Sound poo-pooed federal money in the early 70s. It was stupid because someone else got it, and uh, they're south of us, and now they're ruining it with all the uh, the fentanyl. Well, the Senate, uh, the so-called border bill, uh, is out and finally came out uh, yesterday, and Senator... Langford from Oklahoma, the, the guy who's been shaming anyone for talking about the the average when the average daily limit they'll shut the border down when the average daily limit is five thousand a day and that's like over a five day average if there's a surge and the average daily limit exceeds five thousand they will close it at five thousand which seems uh, like a, a ticket to a foot race at that at that point if we know anything if the past is prologue about uh, the border, then we we know that when artificial limits or dates are put up, like when Obama said, okay, you must be here by this date to be grandfathered into the Dreamer Act, the DAC Act, people started giving their kids to coyotes and 10,000 bucks and getting them into America. And that's how that worked. That's, uh, they had to be here by a certain date. That's how that happened. So anyway, he mocked us for speculating, and he confirmed this morning that that is what's going to happen, but he said, "Don't worry, it's not letting people in." Because the, 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 according to him, and I'll read the thing today. Now that it's finally out, three hundred something pages, and so I'm not really going to read uh, all of it. But this, uh, that that part here he is talking about. We've got to be able to have something that mandatorily deports everyone, rather than actually releases everyone. That. And he's saying that the one thing it changes is that handing people out their yellow notice to appear is not going to happen. But if you're over the 5,000, you'll be deported back to Mexico. How the Mexicans feel about that, uh, not, not quite sure. But uh, that's just the beginning of no it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Know it all. First thing. Well, Bill Maher doesn't like it when right-wing, you know, obviously racists uh, like like me play clips of him. But he was pointing this out on Friday with uh, Governor uh, Sununu of New Hampshire was on uh, real time there in L.A. Make no mistake about it. Joe Biden has a lot of power to change a lot of policy and affect the immigration issue. That's today. true. That's, That's my other, I was going to say part two of the acting yeah. is, is, is Joe okay. Biden saying, you know what, if you just give me a new law, a new law. 
Why doesn't the president can fix this? He already has the existing laws. And border patrol this, will this tell is you also that right silly. To your face. I need a piece of yeah. paper from Congress to deal with the border. No, you already have that. That's right. That's right. That's right. And uh, the Congress is shooting that down. But uh, no, he, everything that's happening at the border is by result of his executive orders from January of 2021. Thing two. Second thing. Um, and so huge storms hitting the west coast, south of San Francisco, atmospheric rivers. No, no idea. It's supposed to be warm here uh, this this uh, weekend. Um, and but they're treating it like it's unprecedented. And I've seen the word unprecedented on a whole bunch of uh, headlines. Anything but unprecedented. Th this is a once in a century storm. These happen. That's why they write this stuff down. And uh, is it uh, SUVs' fault that California has no place for rainwater to go? No. In fact, you'll want to look at the uh, the Great Storm of 1861, when the governor of California, Leland Stanford Sr., had to be rowed. He he couldn't be inaugurated in Sacramento because the American River, <clears throat> or the Sacramento River, was over its banks. You just made that up. No, he had to How be. Do you know that he had to be rowed to San Francisco for his inauguration. Because the water has no place to go. There, it's funny. There, the um, what is it? Tulare Lake. There was a lake that dried up thirty years ago, and then last year it came back. And they're like, "Ah, what's this? Oh, we've made roads and stuff." Uh, so no, this is not unprecedented. It ain't. It's just not. Uh, it happens every couple decades, or at least once a decade. And uh, so anyway, but in 1861, by the way, same same week in January of 1861, when it was doing that in California, it was freezing up here. We were in that window where we get that February snow blast. We we get that that final uh, final royal howdy do by Mother Nature, and and so um, because there's all sorts of uh, hand wringing teeth gnashing headlines from the Seattle Times today. Seattle's water comes from two river systems. Which one do you drink from? And and they're talking about, well, uh, what if it falls as rain and not snow? Well, it'll still drain to the same dam. Do you do you get how snow works? So anyway, the 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 Tolt Reservoir doesn't care and the Cedar uh, Cedar River uh, doesn't care. Okay, whether it it falls as snow or rain, it'll still get behind a dam. And uh, you'll drink it and whatever. And, in, in, you know, this might nasty some people out, but um, up on Highway 2 is Spada Lake. And I don't know if that's Everett drinking water or whatever. You're not supposed to swim in it. You're supposed to be in non-motorized vehicles. But, boy, I got to tell you, <clears throat> that's some clear water. That is some good water. That's a pro tip for your Monday morning. Yeah. Um, and also, there there's a way... Uh, well, if you go to Rattlesnake Lake, <clears throat> um, you're not supposed to, the public, su such as uh, you and me, such as, are not supposed to be in the Cedar River Municipal Watershed for city. It, it's funny because that's literally city of Seattle property. If you go up to Rattlesnake Lake, um, there is a little community. It's pretty pretty crazy. It looks like a movie set of 1925, just really cute little houses and stuff. And that's City of Seattle. And City of Seattle employees work up there and they live up there. And there's a way, there's like a VIP overlook uh, podium overlooking these falls in the Cedar River. 
you're not supposed to go there. You're supposed to hike the other way, you yokels, and go up uh, Rattlesnake Ridge. But there's a way that you can park and you can walk on the railroad a little bit to the city road and then walk on the road. Be sure to get off the road if you hear a truck coming. But you can get up there. You can get to these beautiful falls that uh, you, the the tax-paying, slack-jawed, yokel uh, citizens are, are not supposed to. But uh, so so anyway, like I say, it, and, you know, sorry, but it was warmer in the past and rain fell. And uh, that's how you get your erosion and uh, and the rest. And it's been colder in the past and it fell as snow. And then you had your flooding, and that's how you get your erosion uh, and and all that. What was that thing one or thing third two? thing? Third thing already. Um, well, let's get to uh, Hamas and what's next for uh, your Benjamin Netanyahu. By the way, he's not long for this world for the world of politics. Sites in Iraq and Syria used by Iranian forces and affiliate groups were struck by the U.S. for very very expensive. Uh, Weapon systems that were launched from very, very uh, expensive strikes. I don't know why, but <clears throat> many of the targets were decided to be hit. I don't know if this is the Air Force or the Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman, who's an Air Force general, saying that the Air Force should get a piece. But very, very long, what they call gas-and-go operations, were flown from Dias Air Force Base in Texas, where B-1Bs, the non-nuclear variant, the B-1B, flew nonstop. And I don't know if part of it is just to show that we can do it, but I'm pretty sure they know. But they did multiple mid-air, air-to-air refuels on the way to the launch point, which was over the Mediterranean. And then they flew back nonstop. Oh, they didn't even get a beer at, at Ramstein. It was just right back to Texas and the whole thing. That was an amazingly expensive piece of the action. And so for, to wait five days and fly that very expensive mission – and then launch very expensive precision munitions to move mud. Like I've been saying last week, after five days of warning, we move mud is what we did. And uh, so so there's that. And then what, what did we get in return? Well, the Iranians didn't say no harm, no foul. We promised hands off, no more Americans. They fired uh, a barrage, a, a, a phalanx of Iranian suicide drones into an American base um, very close to the area of the Jordan border where where the Tower 22 fob was, was hit. And they killed six um, Syrian SDF, uh, Syrian Democratic Forces guys that we're paying and training. They didn't know. The Iranians didn't know. They thought Americans were there. So that so that's what they get. They're, they're still shooting those drones. And, and the deal is we know where they shot the drones from, launched the drones. The resources to go hit those places exist right now. They, they did last Sunday. Um, but we did not exercise that option because we want uh, operation. I'm I'm not uh, warhead warhead Joe, but it's funny because his Democratic uh, base, especially the people under 25, really do think that he's warmonger, uh, genocide Joe. That's what they're calling him, genocide Joe. The I mean, Democrats are calling him genocide Joe, and that is a hoot. Um, thing. Four. Fourth thing. Fourth thing, uh, home invasion up in Marysville. Um, 
guy in custody, really no information from Marysville PD. Many about. neighbors said that they heard multiple gunshots and that they took. But a attempted home invasion turned into a two-way pistol range and because it was an armed homeowner. Holes uh, from, you know, the homes and in cars. And Marysville police said that three armed suspects showed up in a stolen car and confronted a homeowner who had just gotten home. And police say that a shootout between the suspect and the homeowner occurred. And that's when residents we spoke to said that they saw some of the suspects with guns outside of their homes. Investigators say that shortly. All right, that's enough. Anyway, we don't have a bolo <clears throat> on the two that are loose, but Marysville PD uh, deployed a quadcopter and a fur missile and got one guy. When we come back, uh, 60 Minutes is on to the, the coordination between social media and getting into America for one particular group of, uh, of uh, illegal immigrants, asylum seekers, uh, people actually fleeing a totalitarian country, uh, that would be. Um, and speaking of cool dictators, the world's coolest dictator, according to the Wall Street Journal, just got reelected, which I think would, would go counter to being a dictator. But the most effective executive in world government just got reelected. I'll tell you where he is from right after the same 770 KTTH. I want more, and I know I shouldn't. I guess I've always wondered who are the people that are pulling up in their own civilian car that are delivering for Amazon. Uh, AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. Um, because a guy was killed just uh, last week, a guy named uh, Sergei Kubey, uh, an immigrant uh, from Russia. He, his wife worked for Amazon Flex. He worked for Amazon Flex and had been doing it for about four years. And... It just, it occurred to me, I didn't know they were doing it sort of more, uh, more urbanly. Did I make up a word? Is that a new word? I, I track. Urbanly. Brian Suits, 2024. Trademark. Um, because where I live in America's County, you know, I'm, some driveways are sketchy. And I mean, mine, mine has a scarecrow. It says no trespassing. Except the delivery drivers know basically, in, if they're in a marked car, they, you know, even I can even hear it in the dogs barking. You know, they they see that. Uh, you know, it's it's weird, but they really can tell a, a big van coming up my driveway is one thing. <clears throat> Somebody like DoorDash is another thing. But uh, so anyway, the family of uh, Sergey Kubey uh, would like Amazon to step in, not just for him, but for all drivers. Because, you know, I, I got I to gotta say, sometimes the, your, your private car doesn't, 
doesn't register or, or you surprise the dogs. And then I'm surprised because I see a civilian car right in front of my driveway. I think what those drivers need to start doing is what pizza delivery guys do. Which put a is, thing on the roof. You put the little thing on the roof. It makes it very clear who you are and what you're there to do. Yeah, and Amazon did say he was killed in King County. <clears throat> We're deeply saddened by this uh, terrible crime and are working to support the King County Sheriff's Office as they investigate. We're also in touch with the driver's family and have offered our support during this difficult time. Now, if this was a, a hit, if this was a robbery because the Amazon guy's delivering stuff, then that's uh, all kinds of first-degree murder. You don't just get out of your car and go, oh, oh look, free stuff. I'm going to go kill that guy. Um, you know, that's the, that you're planning, you're pursuing uh, someone or you're you're waiting for someone to to stop and you're in lying in wait uh, to stop and, and kill them because of what they do, because of the Amazon delivery and and all that. But anyway, I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, about that. I bet Wild Stab Amazon has a policy of no concealed carry or no no concealed carry weapons permit holders, no open carry. And, uh, and and that whole bit. So, um, so uh, a, his brother says maybe he was trying to get some money from him. But what we know is during his delivery time uh, on work, and uh, he was shot. It's totally unacceptable. He was loved, and and he loves his kids very much. And that's where I I got I gotta say, um, I would be if I was out of the immediate city of Seattle, the the disarmed you know circle of the city of Seattle. I would go out of my way with like a sticker on the side of the car uh, or something on the roof or a double tap on the horn or whatever. I, I know all my all my uh, all my delivery people and uh, like sometimes I order pretty heavy stuff and I'll, I'll go out to them, you know, and uh, I, lo- I love the picture of uh, the, the Amazon guys that send you the picture has been delivered. I love that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's not, because, because I know, because we have a relationship, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm, you know, unless I see three guys get out of the car, I don't, when one guy gets out of the car and goes to the other side, I, I know it's a delivery guy. Um, so, uh, so there's, there is that, um, on that. So, um, so the, the polling is bad. Um, by the way, and Gaza's not helping because people under 25 apparently have been so badly educated, they think that Israel is colonizing Gaza because that's that's the big bad word now is because uh, you're a colonizer um, and uh, and the whole thing. Uh, Ron DeSantis is calling for Congressperson Elon Omar to be deported. And he's a lawyer. You know, she's a citizen, uh, by the way, folks. But she gave a speech in Somali when it was translated. And apparently, it's a good translation. Uh, she was saying that she was a congressperson for Somalia first. And this was in front of an uh, audience of Somalis. I'd play it for you, but I don't speak Somali either. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called for Minnesota Representative Elon Omar to be deported from the United States uh, after footage showed her delivering a Somali-language speech uh, where she called herself Somali first and said her politics were Somali first. Uh, I don't think it's a big surprise to anyone um, on that, but uh, but the 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 surprise to Team Biden is uh, pretty profound. 
These are some truly stunning numbers. They really are, Kristen. And let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden in our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in and November. I mean, he's Trump throwing his kids across Air Force One on, on that one. I, I'd imagine a man his age uh, throws kids. Um, and uh, by the way, if you're not following along, it's it's not, you know, in the Arab world, there's sort of a, eh, you know, don't kill that many Palestinians. But um, are, <clears throat> are are people shedding a tear? Well, you know, for the, the Israelis went, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. If, if an invading army did that in the United States of America, I would really run out of sympathy for the innocent on their side. And the more you know, now like the UN knows, that Hamas was running the UN hiring, was uh, hiring anti-Israel uh, racist teachers for the kids so that they could create an, a next generation of suicide bombers or whatever. And that the fact of the matter is most people in Gaza support Hamas. They, they high-fived. They cheered and they gave out candies and sweets on October 7th because they were happy about striking back. And then when you see people saying, well, that's what colonization does and all that. No, there's a line and it's decency versus indecency. And so just ask your, ask your pro-Gaza friend, then please explain to me why Egypt has spent the last month reinforcing their Gaza border. Um, whatever Israel, whatever fence Israel had around Gaza, the southern, uh, the, the most uh, western border of Gaza borders Sinai, borders Egypt. That looks like East Germany. Um, they, they absolutely do not want the Palestinians in Egypt. And a former member of parliament and TV personality, sort of the, the Bill O'Reilly of Egypt is uh, Tafik Okasha. Um, and boy, did he go off. Um, he, he said, uh, and, and he, apparently he speaks for quite a few Egyptians when he, when he said this, quote, I, I mourn for every death on the Israeli side and every death on the Palestinian side, but I do not mourn Hamas personnel that have been killed because they are a terror organization that has profited from the Palestinian issue. They are an organization that turned Egypt into a no man's land and its hands are covered in the blood of Egypt. I will not forget it. Hamas corrupted the Palestinian cause as well as led to the loss of opportunities of reaching a two-state solution because of their uprising against the Palestinian Authority in 2007. Hamas profited from the fact that the Palestinian issue hasn't been solved and has harmed the Palestinian people in the most egregious ways. And how come, how come everybody who's been to the zip code knows this, but no one in the Biden White House knows this, certainly not Anthony Blinken, when they they don't the, the, because now they said and then over the uh, weekend the British foreign minister, former prime minister David Cameron said two state solution. No one is answering. And by the way, if you're wondering what that means, you hear that you don't hear it defined. They're talking about the Israelis should uh, ascend or or um, agree to the creation of a Palestine adjacent state, an adjacent state called Palestine. Call it the People's Republic, call it the Democratic Republic, you know, whatever. Problem is, the only authority ever even contemplated is what's called the Palestinian Authority, which is hopelessly corrupt and has really no loyalty or adherence to the average uh, Palestinian in the West Bank, certainly none in Gaza. Um, <clears throat> Israel will not agree, will not accede 
to the creation of a Palestinian state around Hamas as their government. Because the number one, the first thing in our constitution should be, we agree to recognize the legitimacy of every state for the next 500 miles. I mean, all they have to do, all they had to do was agree that Israel had a right to exist and did exist, and it would be done. But they, they will not be, and here's why, and this is the mercenary part, and this is sad, because it's a money-making deal. It's a, it's a deal for the 10 percenters. It's a money-making deal for Hamas. It was a, The PLO was a money-making deal for Arafat, and that's all it was. He couldn't care less about the Palestinian people um, and paid them basically to stay as refugees because he had a uh, he had a great grift. If you pay me, I won't hijack your planes or blow your planes up. If you if you let us connect through your largest airport, I won't hijack your planes. Literally, the deal that Arafat had with Greece. If you let my guys connect through Athens and not search them. I won't. I won't attack Olympic Airlines. I, I won't hijack your planes anymore. And that 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 template passed on after he croaked, and Hamas is just doing it better. And they're they're wrapping themselves in the Palestinian flag and the whole thing. And all they do is dole out money uh, as aid, and because Palestinians could leave, but they're paid to stay there. I mean, who is a refugee population for uh, 76 years? You know, no one. I mean, for golly's sake, the Burmese kicked out their Muslims, the Rohingya. Even they're finding homes. Okay, so uh, and don't don't tell me it's not a model. There's no two-state Burmese solution or Man, Myanmar-Burma solution uh, on that. But nevertheless, the Biden administration has decided, decided that Netanyahu must go. And the thing is, the Israeli people have agreed that there needs to be a snap election when the war is settled. The Israeli population also agrees that this entity called Hamas needs to be wiped out. Um, back in a second with uh, the coolest dictator in the Western Hemisphere has made his country, turned his country from a homicide, the the tip of the homicide, homicide pyramid to a country that's not even in the top 10 worldwide anymore. How do you do that? What's the secret? Uh, back in a second with uh, that, because he's just been reelected, and the Biden administration is a little uncomfortable about this. Uh, AM 770 KTTH. Popular uh, opinion that uh, Jennifer Crumbly, the woman, the the the, the mother of the the kid that uh, killed four people in his high school, and absolutely telegraphed the the entire thing, but in ways that only the parents can see. And the the parents, I I I don't get this. Whether whether it's um, the Sandy Hook weirdo or whatever. I'm sorry, but if my moody goth teen is kicking around and just playing Lego Fortnite or whatever, and then writing in their 
diary and leaving it open on that page, I just want to pull the trigger till the gun goes click and all that. You don't buy the kid a gun to calm them down. I mean, uh, I'd say that's common sense. Yeah, I mean, like I say, unpopular opinion um, on 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 that one because the mother of the Sandy Hook kid, that Adam, that lands there or something. Yeah, and again, I'm kidding when I say I can look at people and tell whether they're they're evil or not. Him, the the, the main, yeah, yeah. Even his father said he ain't been right since the squirrel bit him. Um, and she was sh- shipping him out here. He was going to go to some booby hatch in Olympia for teen kids that want to kill and stuff or whatever. And he found out and that's what set him off. Um, and, uh, and, and this kid, have you seen that crumbly kid? Yes, I have. I mean, all of our kids are really good looking to us. Right. But I don't know how, I don't know how you you only made it two hours on jury duty. Because they didn't look they didn't, at him, Your Honor. Just look at him. It would have been shorter if they'd let us raise our hand earlier. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> um, uh, yeah. So I mean, if, if uh, I mean, I'll just tell you this: that that, that there's, I knock before I enter. You know, the kids out of respect. But there's no secrets till you're out of the house. You know, I mean, there, there have been times when I'm, I'm even like. Let me see what you wrote with the picture before you take take send that picture. See, let me see what you're writing, and so I'm, you know, so I I know that there's no bizarre, and, I, and because I can see her friends list on Xbox, I know that she's not, you know, p- plotting, and and also, I mean, this is just like uh, 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 honest to a fault kid that I don't, you know, there's not a not a secret, you know, player name or something happening because. But anyway, the, the the crumbly thing is these parents were criminally ignorant of what their kid was doing. And, and that's where I still look back on the day when the parents were called to the school. They didn't know that the kid had taken the, the gift Glock to school. And the school didn't have the authority to search the guy's backpack. And and uh, so so anyway, I mean, on on that, I would want you know some culpability from from the uh, school uh, on that. But uh, so anyway, the speaking of uh, parents who shouldn't be parents again, Chinese couple, a uh, Chinese couple's been executed. Um, and, and say what you will about communism, but man, the Chinese will. They will end you like like you order a kidney. Um, no offense, but it sounds like some <laughs> commie gobbledygook. And I think that renders uh, organ donation uh, invalid if if you take them uh, take kidneys immediately from recent, from executed people. But the the Chinese probably learned that through uh, through uh, through hard experience. They were killed because a Chinese man and his mistress. Have been executed this week after they threw. You see, he was divorced. Um, he wanted to be with her. Uh, he was the divorce wasn't final. The commie divorce wasn't final. The mistress said, "I can't bond with those kids. They're not my kids. They have to be my kids, or I can't bond with them." And so the husband said, "Well, I can take care of that in about ten seconds," and he tossed both kids out of a fifteen-story balcony. And then his story was. Um, the one fell, the other pushed him. And the Chinese saw right through that and executed the, 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 the uh, two of them. This is in Chongqing, wherever that is. 
if it's real. According to a report published by the New York Post, someone say Zhang bowed his girlfriend, Yi Sheng Shen, had apparently been motivated to murder the kids in 2020 so they could start their own family without them. The two have now reportedly been executed by lethal injection. So kids, don't um, don't throw your kids out of the back balcony. When I say kids, I mean you adults. Uh, it's it's now you're just copying the commies. The um, so as I as I went down my my deep dive uh, through several Asian newspapers over the weekend, so I'm on a real good one in English is the Straits Times, which is Singapore. Which, by the way, is the most civilized place in the world. Don't graffiti. Don't leave a door unlocked. Don't don't, don't litter. <laughs> don't spit. Don't nothing. Um, Michelle Yeoh, the actress who was in Here There. What's it? What was the Here uh, There and Everywhere? What was the movie last year? Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, I didn't get five minutes into it. Um, anyway, you know her if you saw her. She's 61 now. She did an a interview, and she was talking about she used to be married to a billionaire. A billionaire. Uh, a, 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 and by the way, she's ethnic Chinese. Many, 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 the majority of people in Singapore and Rangoon in Malaysia, um, the business class, are Ch ethnic Chinese. But they're four generations from China. <clears throat> they, they, they don't like the commies. She was married to a billionaire named Dixon Poon. And Dixon Poon wanted sons. He he needed three sons. And when he met her, you know, she was at the top of her game, biggest A-list actress in Asia. He marries her because he's a billionaire, you know, named Dixon Poon. And that's how important that is. He said, I need kids. And she said, I couldn't have kids. They did all the tests. They tried in vitro, the whole thing. But he couldn't, she couldn't deliver sons to the guy. And he said, hey, well, let's agree to disagree in uh, part ways. So that's why she got uh, divorced. But um, in, in China, there's there's no uh, second or third degree murder. There's no man's laughter. Um, but no, you threw your kids out the window, you die. And and you know what? You die. The the mistress dies too because you were there and you didn't stop it or, 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 uh, or whatever. Nayib Bukele, maybe never you never heard the name before, not on your radar. He's the president of El Salvador. More of this guy, more of the Miele in in Argentina and the guy in Ecuador. Nayib Bukele, besides his initial bad idea, which was let's scrap the Salvadoran peso or whatever and go with Bitcoin, but they're making that work. It's just that can't be your currency. Thing two, thing two is let's round up all the MS-13 guys. And MS-13 were Salvadoran refugees from the 80s in Los Angeles. They learned the American way of, of gangbanging. And then they went back to El Salvador and became MS-13. They say, hey, look, we can we can make money by uh, drugs, We can, but we can also, because they've overrun the country, right? And every neighborhood had a story of the MS-13 guys saying, oh, you own that bakery, huh? Nice. Be a shame if anything happened to it. 125 bucks a month and nothing will happen to it. And they were doing that in every business across El Salvador. Everybody had that common experience. They were living in terror because they were enforcing their monopoly on uh, uh, the protection scam by murder. So El Salvador, two years ago, El Salvador had uh, a homicide rate second only to Mexico in the Western Hemisphere. And they had an election and Nayib Bukele was elected. He was just reelected, even though they have a term limit. The Supreme Court settled. He was so popular, the Supreme Court settled aside because apparently in El Salvador they can just set aside bits of the Constitution they don't like. He got reelected, 
because he cut the murder rate by 98%. So you go from just behind cartel-washed Mexico, and you go from that to below Belgium. What did he do? He, He empowered his police and military to go around the entire country and round up everybody with a face tat. And he basically said, kill them all. You know, let God sort them out. They arrested everybody with a face tat and detained them. That, that's who's in prison. And that's what happened. That's what they're trying to start in, in Ecuador, where, where the criminals run the prisons. But it works so phenomenally well. It's legendary in Central America. And so that's why Central uh, El Salvadoran illegal immigration is down to almost nothing uh, in the United States. Because now people can they want to stay. Uh, in, in a in a in a country where maybe they can get ahead, sixty minutes is finally uh, on to uh, what what's coordinating people, because you know who wants to leave their country? The Chinese. We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. Oh, you learned on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. TikTok is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step instructions for hiring smugglers and detailed directions to that hole we visited. And leading them right to a four-foot hole in San Diego. And like I told you, there's influencers that just do a looped, uh, non-stop YouTube update of uh, best routes, Instagrammers and TikTokers. There's people that that actually go up and down Mexico just for the, the, the clicks, who that have millions of followers on the YouTube. It's That's their living. It's showing people how to get into the United States. All right, uh, we'll be back to check of uh, local headlines and headlines and headlines uh, when we come back. Uh, AM 770 KTTH.